Esther Gordy Edwards was four foot ten, but she was, you know, first African American jury commissioner, first woman to sit on a national bank board, first woman to own a Detroit sports team. Like the wow. you know, four foot ten giant. And then as you wow. said, she had the foresight to preserve the birthplace of Motown. Hello, everyone. Welcome to IWF Game Changers, a monthly conversation with some of the trailblazing members of the International Women's Forum. I'm Ann Doyle. Let's talk about life in leadership. Today's guest is Robin Terry, the CEO of the Motown Museum, the pride of the Motor City, Detroit where Motown music was born. And Robin is the granddaughter of Esther Gordy Edwards, the big sister of the legendary Barry Gordy, who was the young songwriter and creative genius who founded Motown music and built it into some of the most beloved music in the world. But it was actually Barry Gordy's big sister, Esther, Robin's grandmother, who not only had a key role in launching and building the Motown music empire, but she also had the vision to save the incredible costumes, the very first album covers, and even the original recording studio where all that great music was born. And today, Robin is carrying on her family legacy and building upon it with a powerful vision for the next chapter for Motown music. Welcome, Robin. And it's so good to be back. Good to see you. Thank you for having me. What is it, do you think, about Motown music that really changed the world and still resonates today because your family started it at a time of really tremendous conflict and upheaval in the United States? It starts with just the power of music. And music, as we know, is a tremendous healing agent and has the ability to sort of, you know, seep into our souls and, and, um, you know, creep into spaces, whether you want it there or you don't want it there. There's something about the power of music to create change. When it comes to Motown, I think about, you know, my uncle's, uh, Barry Gordy's intentions behind the music when he made it, he wanted music for all people. It wasn't black music, wasn't white music. Um, but music for all people. So they wrote about things like hope and love and peace and joy. And and that, I believe, is what allowed that music to be so resonant with, with people all over the world. And it's also, quite frankly, what allowed it, you mentioned that, you know, Motown was at its peak in the, the mid-60s. And so in a very turbulent time in our country, and yet this music somehow had the power to break down barriers and even unite people. And that's something, um, you know, well over 60 years later that that music is still continuing to do. Not only bring people who look differently together, but even different generations together around that music. 
And there's so much more to this story than simply this incredible music. Will you take us back to the your family and um, that was really the foundation in which this was launched and, and how this all started? Absolutely. So, you know, Motown was founded by my great uncle, Barry Gordy, and he was one of eight children. My great grandparents came from the South, uh, Bertha and Barry Gordy Sr. And my great grandparents just believed so strongly in entrepreneurship. I mean, I can't underscore it enough. They, they were entrepreneurs in their own right, but they also believed in instilling those values of self-empowerment in their own children. Uh, And so, so much so that they had a little storefront that they would allow the siblings to sort of team up and come up with a business concept, go into the storefront, try it out. And if you were successful, you didn't have to pay rent. If you weren't successful, you'd come out and another pair of siblings would go in with the business idea. So you had amazing businesses like the Gordy Print Shop that came out of that example. Um, so I think just understanding that is the foundation. It helps you to understand how a Motown can evolve. Once my uncle as a songwriter began to, you know, dabble a little bit in songwriting for other artists and then learned what you got paid to do that. It's like three dollars and 19 cents. <laughs> for a song. At the time, Smokey Robinson said, if that's all you're going to get, you might as well go into business for yourself. And so <laughs> he did. He and his his wife at the time, Raynoma Singleton, who was very instrumental in helping him to not only establish a business around songwriting, but even helping him find the Hitsville house, the house that he would later call Hitsville USA, Once they began to build that business, it was his family, his siblings, his sister Gwen, who Gwen Gordy Fuqua, who had a independent record company. She closed her business and joined him. You had people like my grandmother, who was the only one of the siblings with a college education and was very um, involved in politics and just, you know, well-rounded she said, I will bring my business background and I will help you. So the whole family, particularly the women, joined in to help my uncle build what we now know and celebrate as as Motown. Well, another important part of this story that I always make sure people who come to Detroit to visit me and I take them to the museum learn is about your family's extended family savings club and how uh, Barry Gordy got some seed money to get this thing started. My grandmother, Esther Gordy Edwards, and her husband, George Edwards, who was a state representative in um, Michigan legislature for years and years, they came up with the concept of creating this savings club called the Burberry Co-op. And that savings club, every member of the family, and even if you had a spouse, they each month they put in $10. And at any point, you could borrow what you put in to start your own business. And so, you know, you've heard the story where my uncle decides, okay, I want to take this songwriting thing, you know, on the road, I want to do it big. And he had to go to the family to, uh, to request, you know, initially requested $1,000 you had to have a unanimous vote to get the money. He didn't get a unanimous vote. He ultimately got $800. 
Uh, and it's 800 that he had to write in a promissory note that, you know, he promised to pay back with his first earnings and with interest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he did that. Family business was real. <laughs> you have said to me that um, really there were ma- a number of very key women who helped Barry Gordy to make Motown music what it eventually became. And another one of those women was Maxine Powell, because it wasn't just the music at that time. It was also the incredible style and glamour of these really young kids coming out of Detroit. She absolutely played a key role. Maxine Powell had a finishing school, so she was very successful in her own right. And it happened that my aunt Gwen, Barry Gordy, one of his younger sisters, modeled for Maxine Powell. And so when Gwen, you know, again, the family's coming together to support Junior. (laughs) Junior. Um, When as that was happening, you know, she said, if we're really going to do this, then you need somebody to help you know, transform this talent because these were kids coming out of the neighborhood. They were talented singers, but, you know, they weren't ready to go take the stage at the Copa or the Apollo um, or the Fox. So when she talked to her brother about this, he said, well, who would you get? And she said, there's only one person. It's Maxine Powell. And then Miss Powell came to Motown and it was the only record company with its own finishing school inside the record company. And that really was part of what set it apart. Because then the talent, they were not only known for their voices, but as you said, Anne, they were known for their style, their class, their elegance. And you're talking about high school kids. I mean, Diana Ross and the Supremes. I mean, these are kids in high school. I mean, I think Stevie Wonder, what, what was he, 11 years 11 old? 11 years old. Well, I mean, Motown at its peak during that time had 450 employees and the average age was 23. Wow. Even in this day and age, when we talk about, um, you know, the, the, just the, the, the whole start notion of startup businesses and just the way that our generation Z's and X's, how they're infusing our workforces. That's what Motown, they, that's what they were doing. It was these young creative people who were all coming together, attracted to this little house in Detroit where music making was going on. Um, and they literally created history. You were a little girl really growing up in music royalty all around you. What do you remember about that? And uh, did you imagine yourself someday being the CEO of Carrying On This Legacy? I I absolutely did not imagine myself doing this. (laughs) (laughs) But I will tell you, as as a child, you know, my grandmother was, she exposed me to everything. And that was part of her um, building character. And, um, you know, when she went to work, she'd take me to work with her. If she was in a meeting, I was sitting in the meeting with her. So I didn't know she was grooming me long before. (laughs) Ah. But being around um, people like a Smokey Robinson or Marvin Gaye, who actually did marry into our family, when you're young, though, that they're just family. You're not impressed because they're just family, you know? And it really wasn't until I stepped into the role as chair and CEO at Motown. At the time, I think I was just a CEO. It wasn't until that moment where I started getting emails and 
um, phone messages from people all over the world saying, thank you for what you're doing in Detroit to preserve this great music history, right? This legacy of Motown. Then it dawned on me just how important their contribution has been to the world and continues to be. You were surrounded by uh, a multitude of incredible female role models. As a leader today, when you look back on that, I mean, do you do you feel them channeling you? There Are you channeling no, them? There is no question about it. I stay connected to all of those women who have come before me. I stand on their shoulders and and I really have been blessed to not only have tremendous role models, my mother, Fawn Donaldson, was actually the first African-American ticket agent for American Airlines. And so it, it goes from, you know, my birth mothers to my, you know, grandmother who in her own right, um, you know, Esther Gordy Edwards was four foot 10, but she was, you know, first African-American jury commissioner, first woman to sit on a national bank board, first woman to own a Detroit sports team, like the four foot 10 giant. And then as you said, she had the foresight to preserve the birthplace of Motown, Hitsville, USA, so that now all of these years later, people all over the world can still journey and make that pilgrimage to this space to see where this phenomenon happened. Um, that was because of her. The women go, you know, on and on and on. And uh, someone asked me once, you know, what advice did those women, you know, what did they teach you? And I think it's, you know, important for us to, as women to know when we hold these positions that A, you've earned your seat there and that you have a right to be there and you need to just own that and walk in that. And that the exposure from those women in my life um, who held those positions with grace and strength um, certainly influences me today. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, let's talk about the actual museum. You mentioned Hitsville, USA, and those of us uh, here in Detroit know that that's the actual house. But explain to people who've never been there what that is. People come from all over the world to visit this Hitsville small house. I mean, even Beatle Paul McCartney. Uh, came there and sat down at that grand piano to play. So Hitsville, USA is a little house on West Grand Boulevard in Detroit where Barry Gordy started Motown. And he literally lived in the upstairs and then uh, turned the old, there was an old photography studio in the back of the house. And he turned that old photography studio into a recording studio. And this became the space where talent like Marvin Gaye, The Temptations, The Four Tops, The Supremes, Stevie Wonder, The Jackson Five, The Supremes, Martha Reeves and the Vandellas, the list goes on and on and on. And this became the little house where all of those great acts got their start. So people make that pilgrimage to come and see where their music inspiration, you know, these artists, these icons, where did they get their start? They come to the the home for entrepreneurial inspiration. And it really is 
a journey, whether you're just a Motown fan and love the music or you're in the industry. We see every talent. You mentioned Sir Paul McCartney, Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber, Usher, Beyonce's come multiple times. Wow. It's a magical, it's a magical space. And it doesn't matter what genre of music. Winona Judd spent three hours here. Um, Jay Leno <laughs> spent lots of time here. So it's a um, it's a really special place where people who oftentimes don't even speak English will make their way uh, to get here. That's, you know, those are folks that we see. We're one of the top international tourist destinations in the state of Michigan. I know you have a very, very big plans for the next chapter for Motown. So share with us your vision. So we have, we've reimagined the, the um, idea of a campus, a Motown campus in Detroit that celebrates the legacy of Motown. Um, and that campus is centered around that Hitsville USA house. That is still the reason that people come. And we know that because they get to take a step back in time and literally see things the way they were, you know, when Motown operated out of that house. So around that house, we've created our own academy, if you will, for the next generation of artists and entrepreneurs called Hitsville Next. And then that is being... We'll add to that with this beautiful plaza that spans the distance of the entire development, which is several homes. If the listeners don't know, Motown grew out of multiple homes. So Hitsville was simply the first house that Barry Gordy acquired, and that's where the studio was. But then as the company would outgrow that home, he'd just buy the next available home on the block and the next one. And so he ended up having eight homes that made up Motown Record Corporation on West Green. We've reacquired many of those homes. Oh, fantastic. Purpose them and are um, adding new construction. So we'll have almost 50,000 square feet of space celebrating Motown in Detroit. Well, we are hosting the IWF World Leadership Conference in Detroit in October 2023, as you know. So what will be ready for our IWF sisters uh, to visit at that time, do you imagine? Well, my guess is that you will absolutely have to make the museum a stop. We've got to make absolutely sure to Hitsville. My guess is we they will be enjoying a wonderful plaza, but we'll still have some construction going on. I would love to just invite all of our your listeners to you know, check out Motown Museum. If you're not familiar with it, look on our website, motownmuseum.org. It's a really wonderful, creative and entrepreneurial community. Uh, and if you are just a fan, there's so much there for you. And if you're interested in being on this journey with us, I invite you to become a member of Motown Museum. You get access to some of the most um, wonderful music-centric content. Uh, we just hosted a dance party for 34,000 people all over the world. In wow. There's just some really cool things that, that we get to do that we'd love for all of your listeners to take part in. I have been to your museum, Hitsville, USA, many, many, many times, but I need to become a member because I want to be part of these dance parties, yes. which I will do. It was a pleasure to talk with you, Robin Terry, CEO of the Motown Museum. Thank you, Robin. Thanks again for having me.
Yeah, thank you for what you're doing now and for this incredible gift of music that your family brought to the world. It is a gift that absolutely just keeps on giving. Motown, as everybody knows, is the Motor City, is Detroit. So come visit us and the Motown Museum in October 2023. And thank you to our listeners for joining us for this episode of Game Changers. We hope you'll join us again as we talk about life in leadership. I'm Ann Doyle.